0: I would definitely say for me, I struggled more with it as a 16, 17, 18 Mm -hmm. year old more than I did as a young girl, because to me, it just was normal to not have a dad, but definitely when I got older and different seasons of my life, particularly when engagement came around Mm -hmm. and the haunting question of who is going to walk me down the aisle that I never thought about when I was growing up because... Mm -hmm. I am not a dreamer, so I don't think very far ahead. Mm -hmm. But when it came to that season of my life, that was really like a time of grief for me. I don't have a dad to do that for. And I know we're going to get to that in a little while. So it was definitely beautiful to see how the Lord was able to definitely provide two people who really influenced my life in a very impactful way to step up and how they're still fathers to me even now. God is a father to the fatherless. God is a father to the fatherless.
1: God is a father to the fatherless. God is a father to the fatherless. fatherless. Hi, everyone, moms that are raising kids without a dad. Welcome to The Help. I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon, and I want to encourage you for this specific episode to grab your fatherless daughters and bring them in to listen to this episode today because I feel confident they will be encouraged in the journey they never wanted and that God has ordained or is working good out of for their lives. Or maybe you know a friend who is also raising fatherless girls. But I have with me a true trophy of grace today, Mary Kate Burson welcome thanks for having me so glad you're here you have a story of grace and I can't wait to hear it all so thank you for joining us Mary Kate and ladies when we have these testimonies I am calling them trophies of grace because they stand out these are men and women who are not a statistic as the enemy would want us to believe They are overcomers, and Mary-Kate is definitely an overcomer, and she's in the middle of a whole new chapter of a story that she'll share later on today, but one, sometimes God writes these mysterious chapters in our lives that if he'd given us a vote, we would have deleted that part out, but Mary-Kate is trusting God, and that's why I wanted her to be here to share her story with us. So, Mary-Kate, why don't you start by just sharing the story of when and how you became a fatherless girl? Yeah.
0: Okay. So, it started when I was really young. So, um, my parents got divorced when I was two, and so then we ventured back to Georgia, and at five, my mom got remarried to a raging alcoholic, and then at six, she got remarried again. To who we thought was the good guy that was not the good guy and ended up sexually abusing me and my sisters. And so yeah. Wow.
1: That was kind of the venture. So I'm so sorry for that, that you've gone through that. And so starting at age two, you had different fathers and then definitely not a good father. So What happened after that?
0: So, after that happened, when I was eight years old, we entered into the foster care system. And that is where we went to a foster care camp where I learned about the Lord and Him being a father to children who don't necessarily have earthly fathers or their earthly fathers are in different situations. And that is where the seed was really planted for me on God being the father to the fatherless. And that is where my journey of trying to seek him being my father started.
1: Okay. So it was around age two, three when you were abused. And then you didn't go to this camp till you were eight. So you lived with your mom for those several years. So I was abused from six to eight.
0: And then when Uh when I was eight, we entered the system and went to the camp at eight years old. And my mom lost custody of us for a couple of years and then we went back
1: okay so Mary Kate so you most likely your childhood up until age eight was horrific to the point where you were even removed and taken away from your mom so tell us what was that like when you just all of a sudden went into the foster care system tell us some of that part of your story if you don't mind don't mind at all
0: so it was um very it was a very confusing time. And just like, we just all were like really confused. But me and my sisters just pressed into having each other. And we were so grateful for that. And then just our foster parents were really amazing. And that was actually where me and my sisters both got to experience what a happy two parent marriage looks like. Mm. And not only for these people, to have a healthy marriage, but also love on children that aren't even theirs. It was a beautiful thing to see.
1: Did they have children themselves?
0: They did, but they were older and lived in a different state.
1: So both you and your sister were in the same foster home. We
0: were. Thank goodness we all were able to stay together. That was one thing that the Lord really had his hand on. We never got separated. And we only went to two different foster homes, which really? again is another like never happens. Wow. Amazing. So
1: was, yeah. Okay. So you never really had an earthly father that was healthy. You had a abusive yeah. earthly father and then you come into this positive family environment. So did you start to grieve that point? What you never had? Did you realize then the great loss that you had experienced as a young child?
0: Yeah. I think that's when it really started for me was realizing that my own Father didn't want to do this for me, but someone else who didn't even know me and just we were placed in their home and they were willing to love me. So that is where it started realizing what I could have had with a dad or I was kind of missing the dream of like having a real dad to do this for me.
1: Sure. And did you feel a bonding to this foster dad? I did. I did.
0: It was. Definitely there was a lot of like walls that needed to come down of like every other man that has been in my life has left me or hurt me. And Mm -hmm. so there was definitely like a, definitely like some anger towards men um, Mm because they kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And so being able to see a healthy man and realize, oh, this isn't normal that men just leave people or that they hurt people when they're not supposed to. So it was definitely an eye-opener, also like a, wow, I wish I had this on a
1: regular, because I knew it was temporary. And that had to have felt bad, that you knew there was going to be this separation again. Was there any way to prepare for that?
0: Um, not really, but it did hit me pretty hard when we did reunify with our mom. It was like a joy and sorrow for sure. I was really excited to be back with my mom, but I was also really heartbroken that we were leaving this family that have loved us so well for two years.
1: Wow. What a gift they were. And you were uh, around 10 at the time. Yes. Okay. And so this camp that you went to and you start hearing that God is your father, when you didn't have a positive father image, how did you handle this truth that was positive and life-changing but as you're reflecting on your own experience with an earthly father. Yeah. So
0: I was just kind of always holding that as my hope. Okay. Like the people at Royal Family Kids Camp, they're all amazing and chirpy and loving. (laughs) They say that the Lord is my like father. So I'm I'm just going to believe that. Like, I'm just going to trust that. I'm just going to believe that. And I just kind of just would constantly remind myself such as a young age, like, next year, I'm going to hear the gospel of them telling me that he's my father. And like, I can look back and I can see like, he's kind of been my father, even though I don't really know if I believe yet. Or so I just kind of had like a childlike faith of like reminding myself, okay, Lord, you are the father to the fatherless. Like, okay, they say they are, so I'm going to trust them.
1: (laughs) That is so helpful to hear that that's your story. Because of course, that's my message that you, you mm-hmm. grieve the loss of a dad and then you direct your focus to God as father. But girls and young boys have stories mm-hmm. similar to yours and they don't have that good image to look at. So you just trusted what they were saying mm-hmm. was true and believed that, which is which is awesome. And so when did you start to really experience that God was a father to the fatherless
0: yeah so when I was 15 years old um I had a family friend ask me if I wanted to go to a beach camp and um I had never been to the beach before and I was 15 and I was like sure I'll go to a beach camp I don't really know what it's (laughs) about but sure and so I went to a beach camp and on June 3rd 2014 I gave my life to Christ Um, the Preacher was preaching about for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should our believe in him shall not perish and he also mentioned the verse of how the devil wants to steal kill and destroy our lives and i so related to that because mm-hmm. that is what i felt like the devil had done my whole life mm-hmm. and so i surrendered to the lord and i gave him my life and i have Never looked back. So I would say probably when I was 15, 16 is when I really started to like look back at my traumas in my childhood and really realize the Lord's hand was in all of it, even though it didn't feel like it was. But He um, protected me from not becoming a statistic and like knowing what I wanted to do and how I wanted to go a different route than other people in my family and people around me have. And so I would say 15 or 16 is when I really honed into that. He was my
1: father. That's amazing. And a lot took place in your life until you were 15. But that is awesome that you trusted him, Mary-Kate. And then he really became Mm -hmm. real to you. and Not only father to the fatherless, but your savior. Yeah. And so over the course of that time, though, most likely, You had fears, fears of abandonment, fears of rejection. No doubt you had bitterness, anger, and some forgiveness issues. So, do you mind sharing some of that process with us? Absolutely. So, I
0: definitely had abandonment, would probably be the biggest struggle that I struggled with. And just the kind of like I was saying before with the struggles of men having bad taste in my mouth. And I kind of would just like either attach too quickly or not attach at all with a man because I was scared they were just going to abuse or abandon me. And so that was a lot of like, just praying, Lord, show me a way that he won't do those things to me, or please let my heart just know that he's a safe person. And so it was a lot of like learning who was safe and who wasn't safe because those kind of coping skills as a young child were kind of neglected very early on. And so it was a lot of relearning and just realizing not everyone is out for the bad for me. And then a lot of forgiveness of like lord how could you let any of this happen to me. But when I was about 18 years old, I read the book of Romans and I realized that the lord works everything for his good. So yeah, just really honing into how he protected me from a lot, and I was still able to share with people and really hone into like who the Lord
1: is and was and really dig deep in that. That's beautiful, because to hear that you were abused and then to hear you say that God protected you from a lot is just <laughs> <laughs> amazing story of grace. And so did you have anyone discipling you once you became a believer? Yes, I did. With the Foster Care Ministry that I was involved in,
0: I was able to get linked up with a mentor mm-hmm. and she is still my mentor to this day and she has really just rallied around me in different ways whether it's let's dig deep in the word or let's just learn how to pray or let's listen to some different worship music and um she has really set some very strong stepping stones and just seeing her and her husband and how they walk with the Lord so beautifully is a really good foundation of, okay, I want to be more like Miss Karen. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, I definitely want to be like what they do. So just being able to see it. And then she also is very practical with how to be a believer and like walk
1: that walk. The power of a mentor Yeah, you just can't underestimate the power of someone who would just take you and disciple you and the things of the Lord and no doubt had a great influence and impacted the whole course of your life, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so did you ever get reconnected back with your mother?
0: I did. So when I was about 10 and a half, Um, we reunified with our mom. Mm -hmm. And that went well for a little while. And then it kind of went back to some of her old ways of like, men in and out of the home and um, just different uh, other things going on in the house that shouldn't have been. And so it was a very troubling time. But again, like, I often just ran to friends' houses or like hung out with people not at the house. And so I was able to escape in that way, which is, again, kind of why I say the Lord protected me because he just Mm -hmm. set up friendships that I could get away from or um, mentors that I could hang out with or family friends that I could go venture
1: with or whatever. So, yeah. You really see the hand of God over your life. I do. Which is awesome. So Mary-Kate, what was the hardest part of growing up without a dad around middle school? Probably you're starting to hear that God is your father. 15, you take him into your life and you have a personal relationship. So kind of the before and after, like you never had that father figure until you had a foster father. So what were some of the hard parts? If there are fatherless girls listening, I'd love for you to encourage them with some things. So put it out there. What are the hard parts of not having a dad? And then when you started to look to God as father, he doesn't have skin on. He's not going to mm-hmm. come to your piano recital or tell you you look beautiful today, which little girls and big girls need their dads to say. So tell us some of that part of your story.
0: Yeah, so I would definitely say I definitely struggled with the going to Events at school and not having a dad there was really hard. Mm -hmm. And so, definitely, like the events at school were difficult. So, Mm -hmm. that would be rough. But then, the looking after with the Lord being my father, I just would constantly either not go to those events or Mm -hmm. I would just remind myself that, you know what, like. It's okay, like, because I really have one of the best dads I could ever have. And that is what I have to look
1: for. And moms, I've said this on some other podcasts, it really is perspective and how you train your daughters. You always feel the loss of a dad that will always be there. That loss is there, especially when there are these events at school where dads are invited to join in and we want to train our children to celebrate the family that God designed. It's a good thing for children to have a mom and a dad in the home. Mm. And so rather than becoming bitter, we have to be proactive, find out when those days are going to be as much as you can. And like Mary Kate just said, sometimes she didn't go to that event. That's perfectly okay. And there's other times that you might, and this, this, I realize this could be awkward for a child, but as a mom talking this through with your child, your son or your daughter, just to encourage them that you do have Almighty God as your father, and they're not able to really comprehend that or have the maturity. But we can't understand sometimes a lot of the promises of God, but he has promised be a father to the fatherless so we just encourage our children to look for god in life in a way that we're just expecting him to father us so mary kate do you have any examples of where you saw god fathering you in your life where you you were looking for him or maybe you weren't and you realized looking back you thought you know what I, that was God. He was, he was being a father to me in that situation.
0: Yeah. So when I was in high school, I joined the ROTC program
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I definitely had a instructor who really stepped in kind of as a great father figure. And when there were events that dads were at or something and the kids were there, like he would be like, it's okay. Like I'll come with you and sit with you. Oh. Um so definitely just seeing like different events of different people stepping up in ways that I would have never thought that's totally to me God ordained. Mm-hmm. And so he's still to this day is one of my great fatherly figures and so just seeing different people step up in different seasons of my life as the father that I didn't really have.
1: That's beautiful. And you 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 talked about having to learn how to trust, who was a trustworthy mm. person to have in your life, and then learning to trust. I imagine that that was a process for you. For sure. So if you're listening, I know, believe it or not, we have listeners to this podcast who are not raising fatherless kids and they're not fatherless, but they are listening because they want to be there for those fatherless kids. So if you're one of those listeners today, just know the value of investing in a child who doesn't have a dad. And I think a lot of times I hear a lot of of concern of making a commitment they can't keep or putting a greater expectation on themselves when they're going to help a fatherless child. They have this grandiose, like, what is that going to be? And it feels big, but sometimes it's just the little things, right, Mary-Kate? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then and super uh, practical. Exactly. I remember a man who did grow up fatherless, he and his wife, he knew what it was like. And so one year at the beginning of school, he took my boys and said, I'm I'm getting them all some tennis shoes. And I was still of the mindset like shoes are shoes, you know, but I understand now shoes are not just shoes. And <laughs> sometimes, you know, if you don't have the right cool shoes it can impact and so he went and they did not have a budget they could buy whatever shoes they wanted and mm-hmm. that was just i i still it's very tender to me to think of him having that for this couple to think of that idea and then just the impact that I had on my own sons so you're making a difference um moms and dads who are helping the fatherless and moms you might be also out there thinking Nobody has done that for me. I don't have a mentor. My kids desperately need a mentor. And we'll pray, pray, because you really may have someone in your life that you haven't thought about the idea of mentoring, who really is already kind of being drawn by the Lord to be there for your child. It might be a teacher. It might be a coach. It could be a grandparent. It could be a neighbor, and sometimes those people are waiting for an invitation into the lives of our children just to say, you know, I noticed that God seems to be drawing you to my child and I want to give you permission to mentor them. I don't have any expectations, but you can speak into their life and speak into mine as well, because sometimes moms need mentoring as much as, mm-hmm. as our children do. And so that's a gift. So. As you became an adult, Mary-Kate, did you find that father loss was still a struggle or did you struggle with father loss? Was it bigger as you grew up than it was when you were a child? Tell us how you worked through that.
0: Yes, I would definitely say for me, I struggled more with it as a 16, 17, 18 Mm -hmm. year old more than I did as a young girl, because to me, it just was normal to not have a dad. But definitely when I got older and different seasons of my life, particularly when engagement came around and the haunting question of who is going to walk me down the aisle that I never thought about when I was growing up because Mm -hmm. I am not a dreamer, so I don't think very far ahead. Mm -hmm. But when it came to that season of my life, that was really like a time of grief for me. I don't have a dad to do that for. And I know we're going to get to that in a little while. So it was definitely beautiful to see how the Lord was able to definitely provide two people who really influenced my life in a very impactful way to step up and how they're still fathers to me, even now.
1: Which is wonderful to hear. And I also hear this more than moms of young children probably want to hear that. The father loss does tend to become bigger as the children grow. I've, I've often mm-hmm. said that children grow into grief. You know, a lot of times they're just children and they don't have the maturity or the perspective to see the entire loss as we do as their moms. And then they also encounter milestones that are pretty big where you should have a dad for your high school graduation, or you need a dad when you're in the dating season of life, even, or you have decisions to make that children really want a father for. And so I do hear that children grow into that loss. And so it sounds like God continued to bring some people into your life that met that need. And as I heard you say also, Mary Kate, you learned and study in Romans that God does work even what was meant for evil for our good Mm. and I think that's another thing moms that is important to teach our children to just trust God he he's there he's faithful he's good he's kind even when sometimes our children are going to experience even greater loss than sometimes the father loss and so Mary Kay, I I know you have another story of loss to tell. So why don't we start first with your love story? So you grow up and she's grown up, she's still a precious young girl. But as you grew and it came time for that love story, tell us about that. Yes. So
0: when I was 16, I moved schools and then I moved back to last year high school. And a friend was like, come to a drill team practice. I was on an uh, ROTC and I was like, fine, I'll go to this drill team practice with you. And she was like, okay, good. Cause I don't want to go by myself. I'm like, whatever. I don't really want to go, but I'll go. And I got there and Joe Burson was there. And I was like, what are you doing here, Joe? You had already graduated. And he was like, oh, I'm just here to like teach the kids color guard, you know, and just help out. And I was like, oh, Okay. And that whole rest of the drill team practice, we were talking and he like looked at me and he was like, I know you've gone through a hard time, like these last couple of months. So can I just pray for you? And I was like, I'm like, what? I was like, yeah, sure. And he just said, hey, Jesus, help Mary Kate. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then we swapped numbers and swapped like social medias at the time. Snapchat was big. And for the rest of that week we were talking and then that Friday night he came to a football game with me and then the next day he um asked me to be his girlfriend so it kind of went pretty quickly oh yes days. it
1: did uh, <laughs> you're 16 you were 16 you said Yes. Yeah. okay yeah. that is going fast <laughs>
0: so we became boyfriend and girlfriend pretty quickly after that and then we dated for two and a half years and then he proposed and then we were married, proposed for about a year. And then we got married uh, November 2nd, 2019.
1: And you were living where at this time? Who was caring for you? Okay.
0: So when I first started dating him, I was living with my grandmother and then that property sold. And so then I moved in with some family friends, Miss Lynn and Mr. Fred, and they took me in my senior year of high school. That's another godly marriage that I was able to experience firsthand. And mm-hmm. Mr. Fred definitely has become a father to me. And so that was my senior year. And then after my senior year of high school, I moved in with some family friends.
1: And that's when we got engaged. Jeez. Okay. So. And so so this couple were they foster parents or they were just a couple that allowed you to come and be part of their family. They were just a couple that allowed me to come and
0: become a part of their family.
1: You have an amazing story to tell. <laughs> I know Yeah. all the bouncing around probably has a lot of emotions attached to that. But at the same time, I see this beautiful perspective that you have that God was just not handing you off, but handing you to the Mm. next couple that he was going to model something for you or he was going to use them to make an investment in your life. And so this couple, here you are, right when now you're at a very important milestone in your life. You've met a guy that's your boyfriend and now he has asked for your hand in marriage. So did he ask Mr. Fred... Permission, or did he go to anyone? How did that work out? So he did. He kind of <laughs> he asked Mr. Fred was one of
0: the first ones he asked, and then he asked he did end up asking my mom just out of respect, which totally shows Joe's character. Mm-hmm. And then he asked another one of my mentors um and their husbands as well. And so I kind of had a lot of people he I needed to ask, but <laughs> he was totally okay with that,
1: which is. Another way that God will often father is that Mm. I definitely believe God's design is one father for one child or for a child. But often for the fatherless, he does bring sometimes you say a village, a village of Mm. men and women. And that is a beautiful thing. So here, Joe had to didn't have to, but he chose to Mm. show respect and go and ask permission from these different people. How did that make you feel? Had to have been one. Yeah,
0: it made me feel very valued and um, important in that because those relationships were super valuable and important to me. And so to see him reciprocate that as well was definitely pretty important. So it was very sweet.
1: And the fact, Mary Kate, that you had men who had such an investment in your life that Mm -hmm. they took the responsibility of giving you to Joe or giving this permission that had to have felt amazing to feel loved in that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So you were engaged for a couple years and then You were getting ready to get married. So now you are faced with the question of who's going to walk you down the aisle. So who did? Tell us. (laughs) Yes.
0: So um, I actually didn't even think about this question until we were in premarital counseling. And Joe was like, okay, babe, like you're going to have to figure out who's going to walk you down the aisle. And my counselor was, premarital counselor was like, yeah, you kind of have to figure that out. And so um, I was just sitting there and. I was like, well, how about your dad? Will your dad do it, Joe? And he was like, absolutely. So I made this cute little thing for his dad. Anyways, so Joe's dad walked me down the aisle and it was such Mm -hmm. a beautiful picture of both families joining together. And then Mr. Fred did my first
1: dance. Really? That had to have been a really special time for you just to realize that God had been there over your life even in the hard parts as you testify and yet on one of your probably the second most important day of your life outside of meeting the Lord to get married and and God was there you weren't alone you never were alone exactly yeah so um, there's more to the story and everybody (laughs) might need to get their Kleenex I'm already crying yeah (laughs) Uh, and you can cry too Mary Kate because. We just don't understand the mysteries of God and we do trust him. And I know you're in a real season of trust right now and some pain and suffering. So tell us the rest of your story. Okay. So Joe, soon after we got married, he
0: became a police officer, which was his dream all along early on in our relationship. We had a serious conversation about him becoming a police officer And so I had known all along that if we were going to be together, that was going to be his end goal. And I was totally okay with that. And I, you know, I'd finally surrendered to the Lord. Okay, God, like you got him, like, it's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be good. And we'd gone to the beach from June 9th to June 13th. And we came home and had June 14th and June 15th together. And I sent him off that 8 o'clock in the morning on June 16th to training and he never came home because that night he was faced with a very evil person and he was in a routine traffic stop that turned south very quickly and I got the dreaded knock on the door that any law enforcement wife or husband dreads It wasn't a knock. It was a pound. Hmm. And five officers and a chaplain standing at my front door telling me my husband was murdered.
1: I'm so sorry. And you're very young. How old are
0: you, Mary Kate? I am 23. I was 22 when my husband was murdered.
1: And you were married for how long?
0: Only a year and a half. We had just talked about starting to have
1: babies. Oh my goodness. Wow. Sometimes it's like, God, really? That's a lot. After all you've been through, sometimes we have this bargaining thing with God, like surely, surely I've reached my quota, and we would all agree that you had reached your quota, and Mm. yet God entrusted more suffering into your life that is unimaginable to experience not only loss of your husband, but the murder of your husband, and so I'm really sorry for that pain. I know you miss him deeply. Yeah. So that's been how long ago now? So that was
0: in 2021. So it has been a year and two or three months.
1: So, moms, you weren't, you didn't see that coming. (laughs) And I know a lot of fear of moms is that something else is going to happen in your life. So, Mary Kate, for those moms who feel that and have that fear, or the kids who feel that, Can you speak to that? I know you're still in some of the darkest days of the valley, for sure. Mm -hmm. The second year is often harder than the first. But um, one thing during that time is often the presence of the Lord is also a little thicker than before. So I don't know if you have anything to share of encouragement in that, or maybe some treasures that you've learned in the dark. Anything you want to say about all that? Yes,
0: I would just definitely, for me, I would definitely say lean into community. And I know moms, it's really hard to reach out to friends or reach out, even becoming a widow as young as I did. I didn't even like the W word for a while, but um, (laughs) really using and finding community was such a vital part of my grief journey. And, um, has really shaped who I've become is just being with friends who can rally around me and who, you know, if I start crying, like, it's not of like, oh my gosh, what's wrong. It's like, all right, we got it. Like, we're here for you. And so I would definitely say community, community, community Mm -hmm. is like
1: Mm
0: -hmm. vital, super Mm -hmm. important. So that's definitely the biggest thing that I would say.
1: God does not intend us to live alone. He he designed us for the need to have community. And it's not easy to find that. No doubt, Mary-Kate, that took a lot of courage for you because Mm. for one, we have in our mind that a widow is normally in the nursing home, in a rocking chair, in her 80s or 90s, certainly not in her 20s. And so that took a lot of courage i bet to to first reach out and accept that community yes it definitely
0: did but again like i have so many vital friendships like lifeline friendships that i would not mm-hmm. like change for anything mm-hmm. and so i'm grateful for the lord bringing me that community in this deep dark time it stinks how i have become so vitally amazing friends with these people but I wouldn't change it
1: right right and so I've often encouraged moms to get in a community of faith Mm -hmm. uh, yourself and then often there will your children will find friends that's where a lot of my children found their mentors was it was Mm -hmm. a dad of one of their friends or it was the fourth grade Sunday school teacher of the boys and so that that mentor grew up with that group of boys and then he took my sons under his wing and so community is crucial and how what would be some other encouragement that you have for a fatherless child you started out at a very tiny age you were a toddler and then you were a child and then you've been a teenager so you've you've grown up fatherless so how would you encourage those fatherless girls that are listening today I just want to say that you are not alone
0: you know find friends who can relate to you and then also lean into the Lord being your father because I am an example that the Lord will carry you through and so just lean into and just constantly press into that that he will be um, your father
1: and I imagine now you're you're seeing God in two roles. Not only is He your father, I but am. He's acting as a husband to you. So you're getting a whole well-rounded, yeah, relationship with the Lord for sure. So anything else you would say to to those moms who are raising kids without a dad community? You're telling her she's not alone. And what are some things that some of your mentors? Did for you that maybe you could encourage these moms um, to do for their children?
0: Yeah, um, I would just show them and model just the Christ like perspective that you would want to instill in them. So I wasn't shown that as a child, so I had to find that in other people. And so I would just definitely say and just um, continue to show them and model what it looks like to be
1: mm-hmm. a godly woman or son exactly and then what are some pitfalls that she should avoid that would be a temptation often there's there's a big void when dad is gone or her husband is gone so do you have any thoughts on some things that you've seen over the years or that she should avoid that would be helpful for her kids
0: um definitely just the um immediate like wanting to Not necessarily replace dad, but definitely like need the acceptance or the love of a man. um, And just try to lean into Jesus being your husband. And just as he is a father to the fatherless, he's also a um, defender of the widow. And he loves you as a husband as well. And so
1: um, just model that for them. Good wisdom. You said you're 23, Mary-Kate? Yes. So one thing, one of the treasures I can tell you that you have been given in this dark season is wisdom. You're wise Mm -hmm. beyond your years and um, you're a beautiful young woman of God. And maybe we'll see some clips from this, but she glows with the Lord. And that's a beautiful thing because often we just see this victim mentality In people who have been abused as you, Mary-Kate, and they take on this, they just live with this bitter root and you're a beautiful trophy of grace that you have trusted the Lord. He's proven to be faithful to you and you wouldn't wish your story on anybody, I know. And yet you may not trade it with anybody either because of the relationship you have with the Lord. I know you take Joe back in a second, um, but I—I I have watched you over this last year. I've watched you trust the Lord. I've watched you be vulnerable. I've watched you be real with your emotions and honest, which I think is also healthy, and that's a good thing. So, I guess as we close, can you just tell us how have you thought about, or maybe just you could encourage us with how has. God been using suffering in your life yeah um he has definitely been um, giving me different
0: platforms such as this podcast mm-hmm. um, to share my story in a way that I would have never even thought would even be possible mm-hmm. um even a year ago, if you told me I'd be doing something like this, I would say you were crazy <laughs> um, and so just being that and again just he has given me such a community um, that has gathered and rallied around me and new community that again it stinks how we have become treasured friends but I'm so grateful that I have people who have walked before me in this journey and now I'm able to help people who have walked after me in this journey and just uh, I have been able to dig deeper into my faith like I would have never even thought nor would have imagined nor wanted but the intimacy that I have with the Lord now is something that I will value for the rest of my life.
1: Well, I can't wait to watch the rest of your life unfold. <laughs> I I know you can't either, but I, I also see a contentment with where you are. And I know you may not feel mm-hmm. that, but you really are in many ways an Esther for this generation mm-hmm. that you have experienced great loss and you're not a true orphan. But in many ways, it's been you and the Lord on this journey and I can't wait to see what he's going to do and and I know he's using you now and he has put you on some platforms and opened some doors for you that you never would have wanted to go through but just for you to be able to sit here today and tell these girls that God is faithful and he is good and I'm sure you have had a lot of wrestling I'm sure you've put in a lot of hard work because grief is hard. It is work. And I can't wait to continue to watch your life because God's hand is over your life. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it's encouraging to many. Your story has many facets to it. And so would it be all right if I pray for you as I pray for other fatherless girls and young widows. And again, we say a widow is anyone, any woman left alone by death, divorce, or desertion. So let me pray for you all as we close today. Father, I thank you that you are trustworthy and we can trust you. You are a big God and you are mysterious, Lord. And sometimes that's a beautiful thing. And sometimes as Job says, it's too difficult. It's too wonderful for us to to take in, Lord. There's no way with our finite minds we would ever be able to comprehend the loss upon loss that Mary-Kate has experienced in her life. Lord, I thank you for your grace over her life, for bringing mentors and people to disciple her, couples that would love her for a season lord and then she transitioned to another couple lord your grace was over her i thank you father that she has worked hard and no doubt surrendering bitterness and forgiving those who have offended her to a great degree and to just trust lord even in this losing her precious husband in a horrific way Father I just pray for your hand to be over her that you would continue to restore her soul Lord no doubt Mary Kate represents many young girls who have a story similar to this we can't comprehend it but it could even be worse Father moms who have experienced this type of rejection or betrayal I pray Lord for those listening today that you would just Put the blood of Jesus over their souls, over their minds, Lord, just to begin what only you can do, and that is complete soul restoration, Lord. Use the hard parts of their story and the difficult circumstances in the same way that you've used it for Mary-Kate to um, bring them to a greater intimacy with you. Lord, for any moms or children out there who are struggling with forgiving their offender, Lord, I pray that you would do a work that only you can forgive through us. And so I pray for that. We thank you for the ultimate price you paid on the cross, Lord, to forgive us for our own sins. I pray a blessing over these moms. I pray a blessing over these children. I pray a blessing over Mary-Kate today. Thank you you do promise to be a father to the fatherless and a defender of the widow in jesus name amen amen all right thank you so much for giving us your time today mary kate And we can't wait to continue to watch god at work in your life and he's doing the same for you moms out there as well so keep walking with the lord there's every day with jesus is sweeter than the day before i was taught that song Mm -hmm. as a little girl so all right, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. What a powerful story of hope. Revelation 12:11 says they overcame him talking about the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. If you have a story of God's grace over your life or you know someone else who does, someone who grew up without a dad and they experienced God as father, please Connect us to them. And share this episode with other moms raising kids without a dad who need to be reminded that they are not alone. Take time to give us a rating and a review. We are still the new kid on the block. And those ratings and those reviews get the word out there to let other single moms know that we're here. If you have a question or a topic of interest or an area where you really need help please also let me know that so we can have conversations that would give you that practical guidance or that insight that would help you on your journey. I'm looking forward to some of those upcoming helpful discussions, like how do you handle awkward conversations between mother and son? And we're also looking forward to an upcoming mini-series, Home for the Holidays, As a single mom, this is daunting, especially with the song playing, reminding us that moms make Christmas good at our house. So we're going to talk with some seasoned moms, single moms who have been there and they did that, and they're going to give us some guidance on what did that look like in their lives and how did they make it through some of the most challenging months of the year. God is with you. And He will work all things together for good, even trauma and even tragedy, because He promises that He'll do that for those who love Him. Have a great week experiencing the mercies of God in your life that are new every single day.